0: and welcome to the Farm Grown Podcast. So this is a podcast that teaches Africa-based lawyers and business development professionals how to grow three things. Profitability, visibility and productivity. I'm your host Olivia Kiratu and I am so excited that you're here. Now if you're new to my site, to my podcast and just to my personal brand and what I'm doing, I just wanted to let you know that a big part of what I do is all about authenticity. So I'm a business development coach. I speak. I also have online courses for Africa-based lawyers and BD professionals. But one thing that I really wanted to make different, um, to do differently, I mean, is I wanted to be very honest. So. I'm very intentional about the fact that in my coaching, I'm not just honest with my clients about my successes, or open with it, but I'm also very open also about my mistakes. And I also try to share what I'm going through in my own journey. I'm not perfect. Yes, some people say, yes, she is an expert. And yes, I would say I am an expert in my fields, but it doesn't mean that I know everything. I am very big on learning, being a trainer. And so, Part of my podcast content will also be about what's going on with me, what I'm learning, you know, the strategies I've taken to to build myself, to build the firms that I, I coach. I'm going to be very open about some of these things. So today I want to give you a behind the scenes look at my own personal LinkedIn strategy. So I thought this would be useful because I'm always telling lawyers you need to get on LinkedIn, like in this day and age. You want to tell me that you want to increase the leads in your pipeline and you don't have a LinkedIn profile, not going to work. So I thought, how about I'm very open and just tell you all, how do I approach LinkedIn? And so this that's what the podcast is all about, really. So to give you a bit of context, in 2016, I decided to be more intentional about my personal brand. I wanted to grow and have contact across the region, across Africa, especially Anglophone Africa. And I was at a space where I wanted to coach firms. And when I started this journey, I started to network aggressively, start mapping out my relationships, think about how I present myself. What do I want to be known for? And it kind of had this noble effect in so many other areas of my life. But, you know, for LinkedIn, I think I started to focus on LinkedIn in 2017 and it wasn't a one-time event like you know I had an aha moment and I just had clarity and just started moving in one direction. No it was a series of events and one of the events that happened in 2017 was actually I made a bet with a friend and a colleague of mine that I would actually grow my contacts from 300 to 500 in a month and if I did I would get my best sandwich. <laughs> I'm happy to say that I won the bet. Yes, I did. And I ate that sandwich and I enjoyed winning it. But it sparked it sparked something inside me. I became so curious and so interested in LinkedIn. Now, up to this point, by the way, and quite ironically and sadly, I used to help firms you know, manage their digital presence. But to be honest, I wasn't doing a lot with my own brand, and so that is when it started changing, and I started taking my own brand seriously, and so during this time, I started consuming copious amounts <laughs> of information about how social media is changing, the statistics, you know, when to post, what content works where, so many things, and so I'd say my LinkedIn strategy keeps evolving, it's it's quite organic, but the key things that I've done and, you know, the things that I would say have been game changers for me are the ones that I'm sharing in this podcast. So number one, the very first thing I did was I kind of created an unwritten social media policy. What am I talking about? So some organizations have a social media policy, which is just a set of guidelines of how they manage their social media presence. And I actually think that in this day and age, everyone needs their own social media policy. I mean, have you ever Googled yourself and found out what's your digital footprint out there? Also, have you ever thought how many people are looking out for you? I know when I meet someone at an event, one of the first things I do is go on my phone and just find out and check out more about them. Let's be honest, that's what the world is doing. Uh, we kind of find all the important pieces of content that we need to do business to run our lives on the internet. And so you need to be very, very careful careful about what message, what presence do I have? What content will people find when they're looking for me? So that's quite important. And because it is, I'd been in PR previously before I joined um, a law firm, before I came back into the world of private practice. And so I remember that reputation management is so important. And so I carried that now into managing my social media presence. And I decided, okay, listen, we're going to draw boundaries here certain content, you know, my, your content will be compartmentalized. And so I decided to stick to Facebook, but never use Facebook for business, like quite rarely. But I would use Facebook to interact with friends and family, share, you know, private information about my family, you know, things like my birthday or personal milestones, um, you know, my faith, things like that. I said, OK, that will go on Facebook. But when it comes to LinkedIn, that's where I share information about my business, about my networks, about the organizations I work. Basically, I just drew the line and I said professional goes here, personal goes here. And that demarcation was very important to me so that I could manage both reputations and know when to do what. And even in terms of my time. So I'll work on LinkedIn during my weekdays and during my regular working hours, but usually Facebook is in the evening. And so so Facebook will not be a distraction for me or I'll not find myself asking myself, where do I post this? No, it's very clear in my head. This type of content goes here, this type of content goes here. So the next thing I decided to do was to monotask. Now this (laughs) wasn't really something that I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. I just realized that data showed that I was. It would be better and more effective for me to focus on LinkedIn. My community was there, and I was trying to grow the presence, my presence, and eventually launch my own business. And my own business was going to be a B two B type of business, which is a business to business, um, a business to business type of uh, company. And I realized, okay, so if it was in terms of best, the best place (laughs) would be LinkedIn. And so I decided, okay, in terms of monotasking, I may have a Twitter account, but I will focus my time and efforts to fast build a strong LinkedIn presence. And I realized that it would take a lot of time to maintain a Twitter profile, more time because, you know, you need to put a lot of posts. They say Twitter is almost like a sort of a newsfeed, and so... You know, posts and in terms of their relevance, that changes quite fast. So when I research on the number of posts I need to put up on Twitter to have an active presence on Twitter, I realized: listen, I only need like five posts on LinkedIn or three to five at least per week. I realized OK, that works better for me because I'm all about working faster and better. And so I said, OK, fine. As far as monotasking is going, which is just focusing on one thing at a time, getting it done, I'm just first going to focus on LinkedIn. So my focus is on LinkedIn. I don't try to be on many platforms. And I know this is controversial. Some people will say, you know, what kind of social media expert are you if you're not on I don't know how many channels? No, Instagram doesn't work for for my community, um, Facebook doesn't work for my community. As far as the lawyers and you know the partners that I work with, and I realize they are on LinkedIn. That works for them, so that's where I'm gonna be. And another thing that you know someone pointed out to me recently is that actually LinkedIn does have an option when you're posting something that you can post it on Twitter as well automatically. Now, I don't use this a lot of times just because I think I would like to have more on my Twitter profile before I start sending people theirs. But for now, I'm happy to just focus on LinkedIn. It's working for my business. And I'm also seeing this strategy working for a lot of my coaching clients. And so I'm happy. LinkedIn, I think, is where it's at. If you are in especially professional services space, it's a great platform to be in. And I always say, If it's not broken, don't try to fix it. LinkedIn works for me, and that's why I've decided to focus a lot of time and energy to first build my community there before I focus on another platform. Another thing that I did was I took my contacts offline, online. Let me explain. Now, many of you are listening to this, and maybe you're listening to this in your office, and maybe you have packs of cards, you know, in one of your in one of your drawers, and um, so I just want to encourage you that, listen, <laughs> they don't just have to be gathering dust in one of your drawers. They can actually help you build your community online, and that's what I did. I took all the cards that i have been collecting through the years of attending events. Remember I said in 2016, I, I, I was really out there speaking at events and networking, and I took a lot of the contacts that i built been building across the region, and I started to send out personalized connection requests to these people that I'd been meeting. And quite organically, I saw many of them, you know, accepting, not all of them, but many of them accepting my connection requests. And that really helped me grow my following. And because I was getting these cards from a lot of buy events, I found that a lot of them were actually within my target audience, which was great. Another thing that I did is I also tried to remember who have I worked with? Who knows, who knows me already, but we're not connected on LinkedIn? So, for instance, I lo- wrote, which firms have I worked with? Who do I know in those firms, like my former colleagues, my former bosses? You know, I wrote those names and I would then send connection requests to those people. And again, that continued to grow my following, my connections. And that was great. Another thing I'm still doing to take my contacts, um, actually two things that I'm doing to continue taking my contacts from offline to online is when I go for events, I try to almost immediately send a you know, LinkedIn connection requests to people who I meet at these events. Another thing I'm trying to continuously do is I speak I speak on site in law firms offices or some law firms hire space for me to come train their firms maybe over the weekend. When I do that and when I'm usually speaking at these events, if I'm using a PowerPoint presentation, what I like to do is at the very end, the last call to action is I ask all the participants to connect with me and I use my unique LinkedIn barcode. So if someone has a smartphone and has an app to just for scanning, all they need to do is scan and immediately they're taken to my profile and they can connect with me almost immediately. That makes it very easy for me to, again, take my contacts offline and just bring them online. So just a few examples. The next thing I did is I became a razor focus on who are my target audience now. Someone just mentioned recently and told me, oh, I could learn so much from you about launching your launching a business, launching a brand, just from what you've been doing this last couple of months. And here's the thing: I didn't start working on my launch this year. I started building my community, you know, in 2017. When people are saying that I'm getting lots of feedback, they can't believe, you know, how everything is going. I've just been building relationships with lawyers. I've been sharing content, sometimes content that was not even originating from my site because my new site, my new and big site, you know, I had a small one-pager site, but nothing really big and comprehensive. And so I didn't have a lot of content to share, but I was interacting with other people's content. In 2017, and especially last year in 2018, I was active on LinkedIn, but active active on growing my connection requests, looking out for people who fit my profile. So lawyers, Africa-based lawyers and Africa-based BD professionals, you know, in Anglophone African countries who would be interested in my content. And I was just connecting with them, sometimes even sharing resources with them. Not really anything. I wasn't even asking for a pitch or a sale or telling them about what I'm selling. It was just relational for the most part. And so I think the momentum I'm seeing now when I when I launched my site, when I'm sharing the videos I'm sharing, I've been sharing of late, it's actually just been months of hard work of building my community. Now, I'm not saying that you need to take one or two years to build your own following. It worked for me. I was intentional and I said, this is my target audience. And now I'm going to build a community that online and a majority of the people that I want to know are people who fit my target audience. Now, there's some friends and some contacts who. I work with like from my marketing days who are non-lawyers and they're still part of my LinkedIn community. And there are some influencers, for instance, in the tech and, you know, in the startup space that I'm really keen to continue following. And they are also part of my LinkedIn community. But a majority of my connections and of my followers are the people who I know who would value my content, the people who are in private practice and would recognize that, yeah, they recognize what business development is, and they have a need to either grow their personal brands, their online presences, their online presence—that's not a word, <laughs> their online presence. And I just, I, I just became very clear on who those people are. And when I was sending connection requests, that's what the criteria I would be using to filter and say, I want to connect with so and so, don't need to connect with so and so, and so. Yeah. The next thing I've been doing is I've been using LinkedIn as a research tool. Now, I know a lot of people just use LinkedIn to promote themselves. I actually use LinkedIn to know what competitors are doing, what, you know, prospective clients I'd be interested to work with are doing. I even use it to track how my coaching clients are doing. I also use it to track, you know, there are law firms that I look up to globally, nationally, regionally. I like to see what they're doing as far as business development is concerned. So for me, LinkedIn is not just a place I tell my story or tell people, hey, come see, uh, come see my site, come listen to my podcast. No, I actually use LinkedIn to also know what's going on around me. And so I use LinkedIn as a research tool. I also use it to follow you know, organizations like IFLR 1000 and the other directories. It's my way of also staying current with my industry. I also use it to track other influencers. I want to be an influencer. And so, again, on a global on a global level, on a regional level, I'm always looking to see what are other people doing differently. For instance, if, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, and if you're not, this is a good point to just pause the podcast, go connect with me, then come back. <laughs> Just kidding. But if you're if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, you'll see that of late I've been using a lot of video marketing. And I guess it's because I've been following a lot of great, you know, amazing LinkedIn experts. And I've been learning from them about, you know, what are people, what are audiences responding to on LinkedIn. And one thing is video. So I follow influencers to learn from them, to know what's going on. And that's also been amazing, by the way. The next thing I do that's been very different is I just used to share content, you know, plain text. But because of my experience in branding, I knew that one thing that would help me differentiate myself was to use graphics. And of late in 2019, I've also been using video. And by the way, video has been a game changer. Before I started using video, for the most part, I was using a tool called Canva. And I would create my own branded graphics for some post or a quote So that's what's been my go-to. And even I have like, you know, the image, the banner image I have at the top of my LinkedIn profile, leading people to my site. I actually used Canva to do that. And I also used it to put a filter on my current uh, photos. So I had professional photos taken last year. And then what I did is I used a filter to make my image more crisp. I wanted it to have neutral colors because I realized that I serve, a very traditional industry. Lawyers are very traditional, and remember, in fact, in certain African countries, you know, we are required to wear neutral colours when you're going to court and what you. And I was like, okay, I need to respond to that. So I tried, though, I have very feminine colours in my brand. I recognise that, you know, the demographic that I'm talking to, I also need to understand that they're pretty conservative in certain ways, and so my photo is intentionally grayscale because of that. So it allows for my colors to pop. And I was able to do that with Canva to play around with the filters on my photos, to play around with the colors. And I get a lot of free photos, by the way, on Canva that I use for my LinkedIn graphics. So definitely worth checking out. So I've also been incorporating video. The two tools I've been using at the moment are Loom and Animoto. And by the way, Animoto has been great for me. It's been so easy to use. I create my video posts literally in minutes and it's so easy to brand and add my colors on there. So I'm loving that. And I usually don't just have to record something. I can actually use, you know, photos to create a slide and add music and just it just becomes a video. It's, it's magic, by the way. Animoto is magic. And so I highly recommend. And that has really increased the engagement I've seen On my posts and on just the views I'm getting generally of late, I've had a lot of interaction. In fact, even in terms of leads, I've noticed when I post something and if it's a video post, even in terms of the messages I get on LinkedIn, people inquiring about my service, and it's not like in every video post I'm saying, hey, come reach out to me. No, it's so weird. Sometimes I'm just actually most of the time I'm just providing useful content and just sharing what I know, my insights, my journey. And it's so surprising that I always get leads and the guys are like, oh, can I can I can I work with you? Can you reach out? What's your number? So using graphics and video really does help you stand out. And when people are looking at their LinkedIn feeds, it's easy for them to just be drawn to your content. So I've been using graphics and video. The next thing I've been doing is I've been active on LinkedIn. So I used to maybe post once a month or just reshare something someone has shared. But now, aside from last week where I didn't post, I think, for two days, was it? I actually now post consistently every day. Like I have a LinkedIn daily strategy. And unless something big happens in terms of an emergency with my family or, you know, something monumental, I try to post every day. And that consistency is really paying off. I meet people offline and they're always commending, oh, commending me for my presence and the work that I'm doing. But it's just consistency, which means... I'm creating top of mind awareness every day. So, one of my daily tasks before I sign out for the day, before cleaning up my inbox, is I must do certain things on LinkedIn. And I share some of these things in, in a course that I've created called Personal Branding Roadmap. And I have, for instance, a worksheet where I show you what to do on a weekly basis on LinkedIn, monthly basis, and on a daily basis. One thing that I do on a daily basis, apart from posting content, just to give you an example, is I check my notifications feed, and I try to personalize communication at this point. If someone is having a birthday, a work anniversary, starting a new course at a university, I actually write a personalized message. And, you know, LinkedIn suggests text that you should write, but I add something just to make it more personalized, to humanize it, basically. And that's really working out for me. So, people are not just seeing me when I post something, but they're actually seeing me in their messaging inboxes, and I'm being human. So, being consistent on LinkedIn has also been a game changer. One thing that I'm also doing is that I am being kind on LinkedIn. So, I believe in reciprocity, and it's part of my LinkedIn strategy to share with people, for instance, I'll share other people's content. And I've found that usually when I do when I do share content, other people are willing to share my content. I've been helpful on LinkedIn sometimes and almost provided free consulting where someone asked me a question and instead of pitching them, I just help them out. And I think that's really helping me out right now in terms of my presence. I get more people, for instance, reaching out to me now again in my inbox or I comment and I just say something that I know would help. Maybe there's a long conversation around the topic of business development or in treating the private practice like um, a business. Those are the things I'm really keen on using technology and productivity. And I share my tips or a link to tools. And I found people are really positive. I mean, like recently, I know I had a solo practitioner here in Kenya reach out and he told me he's trying to grow his practice. But he didn't have a budget. And I told him I do coaching, I do speaking, I do digital projects. But it was real with me that I'm still growing my practice and I don't have a budget. I told him, OK, listen, what you're going to do is that you're going to go to my website and I have lots of free resources. So I pointed him to the free resources that I knew would help him in his journey right now because he doesn't have a budget. But I recognized that he did want to grow his practice still. I told him, at least for now, there's so much content you can get from my site. So we took it from LinkedIn. He wrote me a message and I called him because I was in Nairobi. And from that, we had a conversation. Ever since I've noticed that this person who I help is one of the people who's very engaged with my content, like commenting, interacting with my content almost on a daily basis. But it all came from me just being kind. So I believe in reciprocity and don't do it to really manipulate people, but just put good when you put goodness out in the world i believe it just comes back to you and linkedin is no exception so share other people's content interact be helpful don't try to get something from anyone You know, almost immediately just be nice to your connections and the people you interact with another thing i've been doing is i've been learning from other linkedin experts now i hinted about this when i when i talked about the fact that i've been learning from other influencers. so i just want to mention some of the guys who on my radar for having very good content good content on linkedin so there's neil patel neil patel is a digital media expert i definitely recommend you check him out neil has given me such great tips for instance about posting content on linkedin how to make my profile actionable please check him out rich bracken i love rich bracken he has a podcast as well which i think you should check out but I met him on the I met him on LinkedIn, literally. I, I emailed Rich. And I have been loving his content. He's one guy who's really authentic. He comes across as being very warm and helpful. And I just love his content about legal marketing, how lawyers can improve client service. He's American, but he's really responsive in his approach um, in terms of though we've never met. When I ask a question, when I comment on something, I found him very responsive to you know my interaction, my insights, my questions and that has been amazing though someone is you know so far away from me in terms of geographical distance, just being able to build that relationship and realize we have these areas of convergence and just keep interacting on LinkedIn that has been awesome. Another legal marketer I love, is Stephanie Marone. Stephanie is so consistent herself, and she's a good example of a legal marketer who's walking the talk. She just doesn't share tips on how lawyers should grow their personal brand. She's very good. And I love especially how she approaches events when she's speaking or at an event or doing something, how she just promotes the event as it draws closer and, you know, the post she does after. You've got to check her out. Her content is it's gold. It's really good. So, Stephanie Maroon. I'll put links to all these, ex- to how to the sites or the profiles of these LinkedIn experts. I've been loving uh, a, a content. There's a guy called Troy Hipolto, who, Troy, I hope I pronounced that right, by the way. Um, and, and apologies if I didn't. But Troy has been teaching me a lot about using video and what tools to use and that has been very good. I just found him by accident. He was sharing a plan on, you know, a free LinkedIn daily strategy. And I I inboxed him, connected with him. And he's been very good. I mean, recently even shared tips. I shared a video that I did and I asked, he gave me feedback, which was great. Another person I've been following is a lady called Ruby Lee. Ruby Lee is, um, she calls herself, I think, a side hustle coach. She's great with video, and I've been learning a lot about personalizing video posts. Now, there's someone else, and she some you may not say that she's a LinkedIn expert where she doesn't sell her expertise, she's not a legal marketer per se, but I've just been loving her content. And she's Jennifer Baluto, she's a partner at Clifford Chance, she's actually Kenyan. And what I've been loving about her is just you know, she's been sharing what she's doing in her professional life recently. I know she was doing something for charity and she used LinkedIn to talk about that. But just love the way she's showing different parts of her and she she makes her personal brand so approachable. And I've just been loving and enjoying seeing content from a lawyer who's really embraced LinkedIn. She's consistent on LinkedIn. I just love content from her at the moment. So yeah, so those are some of the people I consider LinkedIn experts. Just the tips they share and just the examples they're setting with just how they're using the platform. I really hope that's been useful. Another thing I've been doing is I'm intentional with my copy. By the time I share something on LinkedIn, it's been on a Google Docs. It's been, you know, I've almost read it to myself many times. I read it from the top to the back. Yeah, I can be a bit anal about my my copy. And I guess it comes from my advertising experience and my experience as a newspaper columnist. I don't take my writing for granted. I edit it and I use a tool called Grammarly. And even sometimes I'll post something and I'll come back and I'll edit it. Maybe I think there was a typo or something doesn't make sense. So I'm very intentional with my copy, which is the text that I use alongside my video post. So. Yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you learned a lot about my own personal LinkedIn strategy. I'd be keen to know what are you doing in your own LinkedIn strategy. Please drop me a note in the comments below. And if you like, I'm also linking here to a personal business development planner that has a section for you to be more strategic about your LinkedIn.